You're listening to the College Age Movement Podcast. Hey guys, hope that you are well. We are in part two of our series entitled One Another. Last week we talked about finding harmony with one another. Uh, We talked about how in a divided world it's incredibly important that we do whatever we can to find harmony uh, with each other and with the world around us. If you didn't hear that, that is episode one of this series right here on the podcast. This week, We're going to look in the book of Galatians chapter 6, and there's a ton of meat in this passage that we're going to look at. Uh, Trying to cover it all in a single message isn't going to do it justice, and I'm going to say this, and this this would be true of every passage uh, that we walk through uh, here at College Age Movement, is that my prayer is that this would not be the only thing you learn through this passage, that you would read scripture for yourself, that you'd allow the Holy Spirit to uh, teach you and uh, inspire you and to help you learn and grow. Um, I do not want to be the only voice in your life. Uh, so please, please, please dig into the word, uh, study it, and uh, learn from it. So Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. This is where we're going to start. It says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The first word we're going to look at is this word restoration. Restoration. Restoration is a word that can be thrown around a lot in the church world. I think that it's a a pretty word, and it's something that we all um, like the idea of restoration, but I want to pause and I want to just define restoration. It's this, it's the action of returning something to a former owner, returning to a former place or a former condition. So let that be the lens that we look at as we walk through this passage together. What's important that we understand is that God created humanity with the perfect condition, with and in the perfect conditions. We are the ones, humanity is the one who keeps muddying the water. So how do we get back? How do we get back to our intended condition? How do we find restoration? And how do we help other people find restoration as well? And the answer is simple. It is gently. There seems to be an overwhelming desire in our world today to correct people. I want to correct your life. You want to correct my life. I want to get on social media and correct everybody's lives. It's it's something that we are so obsessed with and rarely does it happen with tact and rarely does it happen with gentleness. It can be such a temptation to point out people's flaws. It can be point out to point out the flaws in their thinking. It can be a temptation to point out the flaws in their lifestyles and vice versa. People want to do it to us well, but we do not do it with gentleness. And time and time again throughout scripture, we are encouraged to engage with people, but engage gently. To not be brash, to not be divisive, but to be people who who engage with gentleness. This last season in our world, this last 18 months have been, have been wildly divisive and wildly frustrating. And I think that we've all learned that we don't agree with uh, people that we thought that we agreed with. And we agree with people that we maybe thought we didn't. And there's just been this weird convoluted mix of relationship that is happening in our world today, whether it's with family or friends or, or people that you work with or people that you go to church with or whatever it may be. There's a lot of brokenness out there, and I think it's even more important than ever that we would step into conversations gently, that we would be people who have a ton of patience and people who are willing to not just throw their opinions at people, 
but would be willing to have patience and step in with gentleness. I, I think that a prayer for us as a community and as individuals should be that people would look at us and they'd say, man, unquestionably, they are filled with gentleness. They never come across aggressive, but they are always people who, who are willing to stand firm on what they believe, but they always do it with gentleness. And, and how do we do that? Like when our humanity wants us to fight and claw and, and do all the things that our humanity wants us to do, how do we do that? And I think that the answer is fairly simple, and it's in the next line after Paul says gently, he says this, watch yourselves, watch yourselves, be people who are willing to have some self-awareness. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, many of us would know this passage. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank? In your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye or take the speck out of your eye when all all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You see, it's going to be really hard to help others find restoration if we are unrestored. Self-awareness is going to be key in all of our relationships. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, self-awareness is going to be a really big part of your relationship. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're spiritually unresolved, self-awareness is still going to be super vital in all of your relationships. We need to be able to look inwardly. One of the biggest hurdles that people have with following Jesus isn't Jesus. It's the people who follow Jesus. We never want to be hurdles for people encountering the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. So we have to have self-awareness of where we are at and whether or not we're able to step in and engage with people around us with gentleness, with love, with grace. You see, it's so important that we watch ourselves. Let us let us be a community that's defined by our self-awareness, our gentleness, and the desperate recognition that we need a savior, that we alone are not the answer, but Jesus is the answer. In that passage in Galatians, the next thing that Paul would call us to do is carry one another's burdens. Many of us look at the command and say, like, I can't even carry my own burdens. How am I supposed to carry the burdens of the people around me? And I think it's a fair question, but that's what community is all about. Instead of just focusing on ourselves, we focus on those around us as well. If a community makes a commitment to help one another, we never bear the weight of anything alone. That as you help me carry my burdens, I help you carry your burdens. You see, there's actually a verse, three verses later, Galatians chapter five. I want to skip ahead to that. And it simply says, this says, for each one should carry their own load. And I was like, wait, wait a second. You just said carry one another's burdens, but then you just said carry their own load. Like, do those verses conflict each other, like conflict each other? Uh, No, they don't. And we could do a deep dive into original Greek and we could look at the fact that the, the word burden and the word load that are used in here, sometimes it says burden twice, depending on, the, the translation of scripture that you're reading, but they're actually, they're, they have different meanings. When um, we could go into a deep dive into that, but I think there's also just a simple way to look at this. The simple way to look at this would be this. There are going to be seasons of great need and there are going to be seasons of great capacity. That you're going to have seasons where you can not only carry your own load, but you can help other people with theirs. You don't really need a ton of help. You're doing well. You're in a healthy place. All of those things. While operating in that frame of mind, also understanding that the next season, the roles might be reversed. 
So if you are somebody who is in a great season of capacity, you are carrying the burdens that you are carrying, the, the, you're doing the work that you're doing, you're, you're engaging with the world around you and the life that you're living, and you're helping other people carry their burdens. But next season, you might need help. So be willing to help others carry their, own, uh, their burdens in seasons of great capacity, and don't hesitate to ask other people to help you carry yours when you're in a season of great need. Community thrives when those who can carry their own load also help others with theirs. That is when community will thrive. Back to verses 3 and 4 in this passage in Galatians. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. And I just want to ask a, a quick question out of this, and it would be this. Can we recognize each other's burdens without comparing them? Can we recognize each other's burdens without comparing them? One of the most difficult things in our humanity is to kill our natural desire to compare ourselves and our lives to the people around us or the people that we follow on Instagram, whatever it may be. And that goes for our burdens as well. Too often we find ourselves comparing. We've, we've talked about this quote, but Theodore Roosevelt has this quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And we would all be like, yeah, like I never feel better when I compare myself to the people that I admire because the people I admire, I compare myself to them in their lives. And, and for me, like their parenting and their pastoring and all those things. And I'm like, man, I, I'm coming up short. I'm coming up short. And that, that never leads to joy. You don't, you don't go. I mean, some people do, I guess, like you go and find people that you're like, they're really struggling right now. And, um, I'm going to compare myself to their life and be like, yeah, I could be that. Like, that's just dark and weird. And like, go help lift people up. Don't go tear them down for where they're at. Like usually we find ourselves comparing ourselves to the people that we admire and so would we be people who don't compare our lives to the people around us but just are obedient to what jesus is asking us to be and us to do but it goes for our burdens as well that we don't take our burdens and our brokenness and be like well my burdens are bigger or my brokenness is more broken like what like what good is going to come of that Last week, we talked about the need for compassion. And I just want to dump, double down on that, that we would be people who, who are compassionate, who choose compassion over comparison every single time. We must be people who engage with people. We have to interact with the lives of the people around us, but we have to do it with love and we have to do it with empathy and we have to do it with sympathy and we have to do it with, with grace. We're not going to be able to do any of those things without Jesus. And in that, we're going to have to fight diligently against comparing our brokenness against other people's brokenness and here's the caveat that i would present if we're using that brokenness to restore other people like if we're comparing our brokenness in the pursuit of their restoration i think that that's where we use that that's what we do as a community i don't say i'm going to try to out sad you i'm going to try to outburden you i'm going to try out broken you but i'm going to say hey you're broken and you've got this burden me too me too i'm broken in the same way i have a similar burden it could be a lifestyle. It could be an addiction. It could be whatever whatever it may be that we would be people who use our brokenness to help other people find restoration, that we would be people who are constantly carrying one another's burdens. And if that, if that makes it so that we're letting people know that they're not alone, that's great. But we're never trying to tell people the insufficiency of their brokenness because our brokenness looks bigger. That is not what we're called to do. We're called to carry one another. We're called to engage with one another. Verses 7 through 8, it goes on to say this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Undoubtedly, as we are looking at how we can step into one another's lives, how we can help one another find restoration, it can get 
complicated. And I would pose it this this question because I think that this question sets a really good foundation and a trajectory for us as we are per, in pursuit of restoration and when we're, when we're in pursuit of harmony, when we're in pursuit of any of these things that we're going to talk about over this month. The question is this, who or what is your compass? Who or what is our compass? Like, this is what I mean. If we're engaging with the world and the people around us, like what is driving us in that engagement? And this passage is really blunt. The question is like, is it our flesh or is it the spirit? Are we being driven by our own wants and our own desires? Are we allowing Jesus to push us towards the things and the people that need the love of God? At first, it kind of feels like these two verses don't blend very well with the rest of the passage. But what I want to do is I want to look at the last two verses of the passage, verses 9 and nine and 10, and then we'll jump back into the conversation. Those verses say this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. When the driving force of our lives is our humanity, when the, when the driving force of our lives is our flesh, we will find weariness. That's the promise. But the promise is also this, is that when we allow ourselves to be directed by Jesus, when we allow ourselves to be directed by the Spirit, we will find rest. We will find flourishing. Here's what we have to understand, is that our flesh plants what we want, but the Spirit plants what we need. I want to say that again. Our, our flesh plants what we want, the spirit plants what we need. And I want to be, and I'm sure you want to be somebody who plants what you need, not just what you want. We need to be people who use Jesus as our compass, not our flesh, not our earthly desires. I want to end this week uh, with one statement that can be easily overlooked in that passage. It is this, at the proper time. At the proper time. This idea has been coming up a lot in my life recently, lived experience, but our small group that we're going through right now, uh, the book that we're reading talks about it, scripture talks about it a lot, and as we're talking about reaping what we sow, it's important that we talk about the harvest. I think that we can often get stuck in the hope that the harvest happens really close to the planting, but what we need to understand is that the harvest is going to come when it comes. You can't force the harvest. We don't carry one another's burdens to receive a harvest right now. We don't seek restoration for others so that we can be rewarded immediately. We don't follow the direction of Jesus for an immediate result. Could the harvest come quickly? Like, sure, yeah, of course it could. But please, please, please hear this. The, the, the promise over your life will be fulfilled at the proper time. The promises over your life are real. But Jesus is going to fulfill those promises at the proper time. The book our small group is going through right now is called The Heist by Chris Durso, and he's using the prodigal son as this this uh, amazing story of grace that um, we all need and we all struggle with accepting grace. But he talks about the prodigal son, and if you're not familiar with the prodigal son, here's the 30-second the version of the story. You have a son who, who wants his inheritance. It's an inheritance that's promised to him, but it, it will happen when his father passes away. But he approaches his father and he says, I want it right now. And this loving father uh, wanting to teach a lesson he, he allows his son to have his inheritance early. Well, what happens is that he goes and spends it on wild living and, and his flesh is his compass and he does all these things. Broken, messy, comes uh, to a place where he realizes that he made a mistake, comes home, his father loves him and welcomes him home. What's really interesting about the story is that the, the inheritance that he receives is something that is rightfully his. Like, it is for him. That is a promise to him. But when it's fulfilled or given at the wrong time, he does something really, really stupid with it. Who knows, though, what would have happened if he would have just had patience and he would have had that promise fulfilled in his life at the right time. He probably wouldn't have made 
the same mistakes and he would probably be a different human being. So would we understand that the promises over our life will be fulfilled, but that we need to be people who trust the timing of Jesus? So let's be people who are obedient. Let's be people who carry the burdens of other people. Let's be people who ask or allow other people to carry our burdens in our season of need. Would we be people who step up and people who step into relationship with people, understanding that that is the call on our lives? And would we do all of those things, not because we're expecting something, but because we know it will lead to promises fulfilled at the proper time? Thank you for listening to the College Age Movement podcast. College Age Movement's in-person gatherings meet Tuesday nights at 7, and we would love to have you there. If you are unable to join us in person, you can engage online at faithchapel.cc or follow us on our socials at collegeagemvmt.